that you mention it. Yeah. Try to keep it. Pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds so much better that way. Um, pineapple what? Moss. The fuck? Moss? What do you mean pineapple moss? <laughs> it's pineapple. It's moss. It makes me you're gonna pineapple. you're gonna get on me for saying dramatic sauce, and you just said pineapple moss. That makes me think of moss, like the moss that grows on trees. That's what it is. Shut up! Really? Yeah. People drink that? People eat that? It's a superfood. No bullshit. That's the first I've ever heard. I know about wheatgrass and matcha, which is a a different category. Yeah, I don't fuck with matcha. Fuck matcha. Matcha tastes like grass. That's why I thought of it. But it's real moss. Like, that's moss? Yeah. What does it taste like? Like pineapple. Holy shit. Okay, welcome to the Now That You Mention It podcast. What's poppin'? With Dane. I'm Dane. I'm Kevin. What's up, Kevin? Other than your garbage. This shit's fire. Smoothie. Live till First I'm of all, for, you should have more than two elements to a smoothie. Hmm. It's a green apple in here as well. Oh, that's fire. Yeah. I like putting ginger in, in the smoothie. Like egregious amounts of ginger. Really? Yeah. I can I can deal with some ginger. It's too uh, bitter. Mm, I wouldn't. Is it bitter? Uh, yeah. What is the what is that? The quality yeah. of ginger yeah. is it? It's not sour. Yeah. It's not spice. Maybe it is kind of like a spice. spicy. Yeah, it might be a spice. Um, shit. This is episode something. We're going to crudely overdub. This is episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to crudely come back and retroactively overdub it. Um, but today we're dealing with a pretty heavy topic. Yeah. We're dealing with the morality or immorality of being a billionaire. And we can also throw in like multi-millionaire. Yeah. yeah. But okay, before we get to that. We don't have a pre-prepared opening segment today, but I was thinking, I was thinking this on the train because I think I caught like some ad on the subway that was advertising some kind of pseudo-scientific book, mm-hmm. I think. And I was like, yo, why does hip hop have a fascination with that book, 48 Laws of Power? Hmm. I feel like that's some bullshit. No, that's, I hate that book. I haven't even really I don't even really know what's in it, but I know the type of cats who are always talking about how much that book has changed them. Yeah. And it strikes me like it, there can't be a sci- a real scientific word in that book. It's got to be all <laughs> bullshit, like pseudoscientific nonsense. I mean, isn't it like – I guess it's – you know, it's 
being passed off as like philosophy, right? I wouldn't even say it's scientific. I mean, scientific as in like backed just, by okay. re- the real. It's you like know, research and shit. Yeah, it seems like it's like armchair mm-hmm. conspiracy ish. I don't know. It's in that realm of like it vague. Is. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, this whole like it really is. It's like sociopathic in terms of like the shit that it's like promoting in terms of how you like interact with people and shit yeah. and these sort of like perverse ass power relations. It's yes yeah, and wild and I shit. I only hear it brought up in hip hop context. Like mm-hmm. read forty eight laws of power, change my life, and then it's like a guide to how to manipulate people. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't even know. No, it, I mean, that's kind of how I take it. I feel like it's in the same ballpark. Not, it's in the same big ballpark as fucking those books that you can buy on 125th that claim that uh, white people are like lizards. <laughs> <laughs> and like a white people lizard conspiracy runs the world. Yeah, that's like Alex Jonesy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's like the he's the like biggest proponent of the lizard people. Is he? I thought he was the frogs are are the it's, government is turning the it's, frogs it's, gay. No, it's like he's that too, but he's also like the lizard people and shit. Od. Yeah, Alex Jones is. I don't know what the fuck he's off. We're, this is gonna be like um, an ongoing thematic concern of this podcast like the conspiracy <laughs> thinking it is it's so horrible we we should save it though all right cool um you have any shout outs you want to do i don't have any prepared so let me just go to instagram real quick <laughs> and see who pops up on my timeline whoever pops up on my timeline i guess i'll just give that beautiful woman a shout out mm. Let's see who that is. Huh. The day that I say that, like, it's all, like, basketball and (laughs) news. (laughs) The fucking all-NBA shit, while I'm looking for my shout-out, the all-NBA shit is trash this year. Fuck, did you see that list? No. Number one, like, how is Steph Curry on first team all NBA and he's not even the best player on this team and Durant is on the second team right. all NBA? That makes zero fucking sense. Oh, we just gonna have to, uh, I said the first one, shout out to Scissor. Yeah, well, you can't double up on I, that shot. But I said, I said the first person who right, popped that's up. That's fair enough. That's, you know, that's all I, you know. I, and SZA deserves multiple shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm I'm sort of like, I really like SZA. I'm sort of uh, looking for a crack in her like facade to happen. Because I feel like her whole shit is just so perfect. Like her image, her music is so like meticulously crafted. And like all the rollout, like with all that TDE shit, like dropping it right when they wanted to drop it, holding it up, all that shit. Yeah. I mean, she's got a hell of a team. Yeah. Just be be a little imperfect, SZA. Nah. Keep being that 
angel you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, yeah, since we have the new joints. All right, when we come back, we are going to be talking about the immorality of being a billionaire slash multimillionaire. So, on the immora- on the immorality of being a billionaire, where do you want to start, Kevin? I mean, the most basic question. Is being a billionaire immoral? Yeah, so I think we both, we share the intuition that having a certain amount of money mm-hmm. is deeply immoral. Mm-hmm. But so in confronting that question, I had a lot of, like initial thoughts i was like what what amount of money and is it is it just having that amount of money that's immoral or is it that they have that amount of money and they're not giving damn near all of it away (laughs) and so i spent i was like i was everyone talks about confirmation bias these days like i in the readings we did I was looking for my bias to be confirmed because I think we, I think a lot of people have that intuition mm-hmm. that having that much money and not giving it away or just having that much money straight up is deeply immoral. Right. But it's like I, in the readings, I was looking for an author to make a positive case, like make a make claims and an argument as to why it's immoral, not just appeal to the intuition. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave that there. If you want to start with some of the articles, um, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? What what did we what did we discover? Hmm. I discovered an interesting take on it. Um and it was in relation to not so much having the money, but yeah, the retention of it. This sort of like holding on to wealth and in the face of these other sort of like realities of homelessness and you know massive student loan debt and all of these things like that where if you're sitting you know you're jeff bezos or bill gates like both hundred billionaires you're like sitting up and with the snap of a finger you could like alleviate you know the the fucking poverty that's you know killing new york city right now with all this homelessness and shit you go to la the same thing go to seattle same thing and it's kind of like you do have to raise those those questions about like the the morality you know is it there and so i think the retention is more of like what we should be you know, focusing on when, when talking about this as a more uh, right, not whether or not they deserve the yeah, wealth. right. Yeah, that was the AQ Smith right. article yep. we read, which 
I just, I guess, just quickly. I feel like when I first read it, the first few paragraphs, it's it seemed really clear to me that he was just appealing to that intuition. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the intuition of just, um, you know, it, it, it's wrong just because. Like, it feels fucking wrong. I see homeless people on the street. I, I see that Jeff Bezos has $150 million or whatever it is. That just feels wrong. And I didn't, over the first few paragraphs or whatever reading it, I was like, I was like, okay, make the case. And then eventually he does. But I think, which I'm into, and I think that has, that kind of resonates with the philosophy of the utilitarian philosopher Peter Singer, which, mm-hmm. I, which I found myself thinking about a lot. But before, because I just wanted to play devil's advocate to myself um, and us, because I think we agree. But I thought a lot about David Hume's thing, who's a famous philosopher from the 18th century, but his big thing is you can't derive an ought from an is, which is like this age-old problem in philosophy, which basically states descriptive statements of the world don't mean that you can make statements about how the world ought to be. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, you can't get prescriptive statements don't logically follow from descriptive ones. So I thought it would just, and this is like, you know, monumental mm-hmm. in terms of um, ethics and meta-ethics and philosophy, all that stuff. But I thought it would be kind of fun to read the, the passage from which it comes and then we can kind of like translate it into mm-hmm. like modern parlance. Okay, so here, this is from David Hume's Treatise of Human Nature, which is from 1739. So he says, In every system of morality, which I have hitherto met with, I have always remarked that the author proceeds for some time in the ordinary way of reasoning and and establishes the being of a god or makes observations concerning human affairs, when all of a sudden I am surprised to find that instead of the usual copulations of propositions is and is not, I meet with no proposition that is not connected with an ought or an ought not. The change is imperceptible, but is, however, of the last consequence. For as this ought or ought not expresses some new relation or affirmation, tis necessary that it should be observed and explained, and at the same time that a reason should be given. For what seems altogether inconceivable how this new relation can be a deduction from others which are entirely different from it. So this is this one passage that has like fucked up philosophy right. for hundreds of years right. afterwards <laughs> so all right let's translate this shit real quick and then we can keep going because i just thought that would be kind of dope in every system of morality which i have hitherto met with i've always remarked that the author proceeds for some time in the ordinary way of reasoning blah 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 or makes observations concerning human affairs all right translation <laughs> in all the shit i've read by you motherfuckers you guys are just saying the same old shit and like it's tired and it's played out and then he goes and all of a sudden, I am surprised to find that instead of the usual copulations of propositions, is and not, I meet with no proposition that is not connected with an ought or an ought not. Okay, translation. Then all of a sudden, you guys just go all the way left, and you're describing how the world actually is, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you start saying, yo, this is how the world should be. And, like, you were trying to be sneaky and subtle with it, but you can't just make a whole new statement about how the world should be and not give any reasons for it. Mm-hmm. So you can like, in other words, you have to justify your shit. Right. And yeah. So, okay. There's my little tr- like translation of David Hume. But what do you think? What, to, to the objection that you can't derive an ought from an is, I feel like 
this is a classic example of, of, of that. And cats object to it. Like it's no, I know, yeah. no, it's yeah, no, it's plenty of objections. Um, I guess I'm trying to like trying to really formulate something because I don't want to say I don't want it to come off as if it's fallen into Hume's trap, right? But this, you know, the inverse can be made for that same argument where it is like a sort of understanding of the world as it is. And yeah, to sort of go to another philosopher, Andre 3000, I tell it how it is and I tell it how it could be. Mm. So it is like a, um, it is one of those things where you have to sort of create, I'm, I guess I'm more of like in the existentialist realm. So I do believe in you sort of creating this reality. And so by looking at the reality as it's given to you, you can sort of make these claims as to what this should be based on these larger moral principles that you have of, you know, everybody should, you know, have the right to live in all, you know, all these different virtues and shit like that. So, I mean, that, that's all I would, I guess that would be my, my whole thing. So I think it, I think the Hume thing works if you just make the surface level case of like billionaires shouldn't be billionaires because it just strikes us, us as wrong in a world mm -hmm. where there's where there's inequality i think you have to make a. I think you have to make um a deeper case and like just presenting the math like that one article that was one of our yeah. sources for this that was just right here i have it right here it, um the math of jeff bezos is astounding greed and it sort of breaks down just how absurd it is that he only gave you know he only gives a billion and that to charity and that seems crazy to us but right then, you in know, relation just to his, presenting the math doesn't right. really make a positive case as to why right and that's and that's where it's like you have to take you have to take the system that creates jeff or allows jeff bezos to accumulate this yeah. much wealth into account like yeah. that's where that comes in at. so i want to come back to that but i, I just want to say yeah let's remember to come back to like talking about the system that allows that to happen because i think there's a lot of different reasons why it just it's just absurd mm -hmm. um but so in the aq smith article which i like i said i started off not really digging but then at a certain point he goes he talks about um here's what he says consider a peril parallel if i come into possession of an epipen and I encounter a child experiencing a severe allergic reaction, the question of whether I am obligated to inject the child is, in, is distinguishable from the question of whether I obtained the pen legitimately. So he's talking about retention mm -hmm. versus, you know, whether or not you, you right. deserve the wealth. Um, but so, that, so that's what set me off thinking about Peter Singer, who's like a utilitarian philosopher who believes hardcore that like everyone, if you make above a certain amount, like whatever the the UN says is like acceptable to live and you have food mm -hmm. and water, like 20, whatever, whatever number right. it is you make a year, you, you, you got to give the rest, you of, that give shit the away. rest of the shit away. Right. He does. He no, really I know. Does it. I know. But so he has this famous case that I got thrown at me when I was, um, in undergrad. And it's like the, um, from this article called the drowning child in the expanding circle. So he pretty much, uh, asks you to consider like if you're walking a class or something and you see a child drowning in a pond, what are you morally obligated to do? What do you? What, what would you? Would you jump in and save the child? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think pretty much everyone 
has this intuition that if you're walking along to class, regardless of the fact that you know, like you'll get your jeans and sneakers yeah. wet and you might be late to class, you're gonna jump in, right? So everyone feels that they're morally obligated to save the child because otherwise the child would die, whatever. Right. So then he takes that a step further and then he goes, would it make any difference if the child were far away or in another country, but also in danger of death and equally within your means to save? at no great cost to you, like the equivalent of like a quarter or like your shoes getting wet or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and absolutely no danger to yourself. What's your intuition there? My intuition is that's a tougher, you know, sale. Okay, interesting. Okay, see, I'm under the, I, I am totally following Singer 100%. No, I, what, so I'll say this. Now, am I still morally obligated to do something if it's within my means to do it at no great cost to me or anything like that? Yes, I'm still morally obligated, and I believe that. Now, my intuition in terms of my, my call to action is different because I'm not, it, it's not in my, you know, general vicinity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know, I'm walking to class and I see the child drowning. It's a fucking kid drowning in yeah. front of me, you know, right. but versus like, I mean, it's so many fucking atrocities happening around the fucking world. Like yep. right now, as we record this, so, and neither one of us are, are moved to like hop on a plane and go fucking save the bus full of kids in Yemen. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So that's so it's like the immediacy of it. This, this right. has to do with like psychology. And I also right. think, so there's this. Um, psychologist Paul Bloom from Yale who does these has this great book on empathy he's like done a bunch of studies on empathy and he actually thinks that empathy is kind of fucking us up so he says like a lot of psychological studies support this that like we see one child drowning or we see the commercial about oh one, yeah one child yeah. we you are can, so yeah. everyone right. rushes to right. it's like the, the miners the miners trapped in yeah. Chile or whatever it was yeah. That one story. Everything else is a statistic. But then here's what's fucked up. There's studies that show you show one person, a girl that's going to starve or whatever. The empathy is like off the charts. You add another, the empathy starts to go down. Right. You add, you say, it's 100,000 children that are going to die. The empathy goes all the all way, way down. down. It becomes so a like statistic. So like empathy, like we meter, like the software that, yeah. we have, that we're dealing with or like the hardware, I don't know, is like fucked up. Right. So it, it's not proportional. So I think that has to do with it. But... In the singer thing, I totally agree with his line of reasoning. Like, just because if if the if we have the intuition to save the drowning child, I I share the intuition that we are morally obligated to save the child that's in a different country, um, but is gonna die, and it, it won't be any cost to us to, to save it. You know, it's like a dollar a day or whatever, and that and that is the situation we're in, where we could save. You know, if everyone. Or not even if everyone, but we right now, you and I, Kevin, could be donating, you know, most of what we make, and we'd still be good, mm -hmm. pretty much, and we'd be saving how many, you know, lives or like, you know, I think Peter Singer talks about like, you know, a malaria net, like a mosquito net in in places where 
you know, malaria is killing scores of children every day. It costs like, you know, what, like a dollar. Mm-hmm. So it's like when we, if we don't do that, that's the same as not saving the, the child, <laughs> which right. I mean, I, I, right. I agree with him. And this is this notion of the expanding circle. So mm-hmm. he's trying to expand the circle. So it's, so we treat everyone like the child drowning. Right. So when I think he makes that good case. And if, if it's true of you and me, then it's times a billion true of the fucking billionaires. So to, to bring it back. So that's that's my little philosophical. <laughs> no, and I I agree with that, and I think that the, and I think based on, based on you know, where we live, like the time and the the city and all of this shit, right? Um, I think it's it's obviously more nuanced than okay, you make X amount of money, and you can you know you can like. If you make fucking thirty thousand dollars in uh, New York City, you can't give any of that shit away. Right. <laughs> You're the you need some fucking charity. Yeah. Um. But I think for like the billionaires, because they have they have access to so much capital and everything like that, that yeah, they're obligated on a larger scale because their resources stretch way further than anyone else's. Yeah, so I like, think the child drowning in the pond for the billionaire, it couldn't be clearer. Right. Like if you can snap your fingers and stop a city from, you know, stop a population. <laughs> go, <all right. laughs> Look it. So my favorite example of this, I'm glad you were going like to a city. So you remember when Detroit was like really fucked up, like, who was that mayor? Kilpatrick, Kwame Kilpatrick, I think. I was like, the sort of, you know, the denouement of fucking Detroit's, you know, nightmare yeah. type shit. Yeah. Um. So they didn't. Add, they, the whole city was bankrupt at one point. Right. I forgot how much you know in debt the city was, and you know what how much that what that figure was but while detroit a major city in the united states went bankrupt at the same time steve fucking bomber pulls two billion dollars out of his pocket and buys the clippers like that (laughs) we have an entire city that's like in shambles at the time and this billionaire says who could put you know five billion into the city get it out of debt and start revitalizing some shit no i'm gonna go buy the clippers so yeah (laughs) just like the alignment of the priorities right like what the fuck are we on (laughs) and it's insane and the argue like the argument that like I keep coming back to the child drowning, but just because a bunch of cats you see aren't saving the child doesn't mean that you are not morally obligated to right. save the child. So, like, the fact that it's not, um, like, accepted custom for billionaires to give their shit away does not justify the fact that... That you aren't giving yeah, it away. <laughs> like, it's, it's... Yeah, it's just kind of... It's just kind of incomprehensible. And so I guess to turn it over to the system that sort of fosters these conditions mm-hmm. where we have these like enormous like wealth inequalities. I think, you know, in some cases you can make the argument that 
people deserve the immense wealth they're given. Like A.Q. Smith talks about the that one philosopher whose name I forget, but who presents like the Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. If everybody if gets everyone a quarter. And, yeah. A quarter. It's like, yeah, can you really say that Wilt Chamberlain does not deserve all the like all the money mm-hmm. he has it's like it's like no i'm i'm down with that but um like like someone like fucking mark zuckerberg right mm-hmm. it's like in no way is mark zuckerberg really truly causally responsible for facebook taking off the way it did right mm-hmm. it's like when he when that idea was conceived he in no way had the foresight and therefore in no way was trying to do what he has done mm-hmm. so how can we say he is really responsible for what facebook has become and if an extension of what facebook has become is his immense wealth he also is not deserving of the immense wealth it's like right. it's like a fucking trend like the cat that invented the pet rock is it is in no way causally responsible for the shit becoming like an overnight sensation it's just like it's some weird fucking right mystery (laughs) like 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 why people like caught on to that so like how could we really say that first of all i have a whole side beef with zuckerberg and like cats like like in the tech world that everyone says are like geniuses elon musk and all that shit it's like fuck all that but like how can we really say that like someone like mark zuckerberg is really deserving of the immense wealth that he has yeah i don't think i don't think you can make that case and i i go back to bezos because i think for him to be the wealthiest person on the fucking planet today his wealth is a direct result of like harsh labor conditions like facts you know like the fact that you have like like cats are like so you know spoiled by the one day or two day shipping and all of that shit or whatever (laughs) and it's like you have like cats in the fucking warehouse like busting their ass to get that shit out you have cats literally dying right from like over exhaustion and they're like supervise their ship supervisors are like not keep keep working right it's like a a really sensationalized story but that happened like yeah, this, this yeah. year, did you did you yeah, check that shit up? Yeah. yeah, no, it. Because motherfuckers need their iPhones on time, right? Like it's bro, like they're Amazon is doing some wild shit where they're like putting like some type of like monitor on the workers and shit, like a like some uh, Apple Watch type shit, and oh, shit. it's something. Yeah, it's some it's something crazy. It's you know, you can look it up. It's yeah, not yeah, some yeah. fucking conspiracy, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, like, and it's it's for like worker productivity, and so you're like you're talking about people, like actual human labor, is generating this man's wealth, and he's not mm. doing anything with it. No, and it's <clears throat> such a clear, like in the case of Amazon, to me, and you know, we could have an economist come and tell it. I, I'm open to hearing some dude that has a PhD in economics be like, yeah, it's not quite that like clear cut but like the way i look at it it's like there's such a clear like it's a it's a zero-sum game with the amazon shit because 
he's worth 150 bill and how many like little downtown economies Argue. has Amazon fucking destroyed oh, that's and it. how many families like how many cats that were working at the mall that have all the malls that have closed like no, so it, he's destroyed it, that shit and bro. He, so it's like a, it, it is a redistribution because you know what it's what so what was Amazon Amazon is what is to e-commerce what Walmart is to brick and mortar. Walmart did the same thing. Like that's how they expanded and went to like all the small towns and shit like that to where you had like the small businesses and the different stores and shit like that. And now it's like, no, you can just all come get the shit from Walmart. And so the cat who owned the business is now he has a blue shirt on, you know? Right. And at least in the, I don't want to be like a Walmart apologist, I suppose, but at, you know, at least you can try to go get a job at Walmart. It's like, it's like what, and it, with, the, and with automation coming too, but like Amazon, unless you want to work like in awful conditions at a warehouse, it's like, what can the cat who was, who was making money for his family, who was working like at some downtown store do when Amazon eats up all their business? Get new job skills. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's what that's that's what Bezos would say. Yeah, right? that, like if, if here, this is the job that we have to offer you now. Right. So, you know, is your family really that hungry? And it's kind of like that's the fucked up part that you're like that you are giving, you know, billionaires and and you know, board members on you know massive multinational corporations like the power to like dictate lives like that and for you know going back to the to the um going back to the example of like you know how empathy you look at what was it bloom yeah paul bloom paul bloom yeah so like going back to you know his point about like how empathy you know goes down when it should be going when up. it should be going yeah. up it's you know here you have billionaires or people you know accumulating wealth at such a massive at such a you know crazy ass rate that like they just look at everybody else's statistics like this is just like y'all some fucking numbers out here like you know however you you know you are the person who is working to get you whatever you just ordered from amazon you know to get that shit packaged up and everything like that you and the person who packaged up are super insignificant to jeff bezos yeah you know <laughs> like and and that's that's why it's like you have to you have to like really try to like step back and look at the system like the the shit that's crazy is cats are like aspiring to be billionaires but it's like if a do if two men right now have you know 250 billion dollars between them and they're concentrating that we're talking about like people talk about oh you know with with, with Bernie and everything it's like you have the one percent and 99 which is true but bezos gates and you know robert mercer i think that's his name like you have cats like this who are like just billionaires just crazy times over that shit is concentrated yeah like you aren't touching that <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the fact that you think that you can aspire to that is like the greatest mind fuck ever like to, to think that you can turn around and be a billionaire like that the moment you become a billionaire, the billion dollars isn't going to be worth what it is. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I think it just it to me it boils down to like once you have the ability to, you know, right the wrongs, whether or not you bear responsibility for those wrongs, it's like you, the the moral obligation. It couldn't be clearer to me. Right. So I kind of say like, like fuck you to the David Hume. You can't derive an ought from an is in this case. Um, but yeah, shit. I was gonna I was gonna go somewhere else, but now I'm. You're uh. You're down I'm, and depressed. Yeah, now I'm down <laughs> and depressed. Oh, yeah, I had one other kind of like philosophical question. It's like, at what point? This I think we were talking about it a couple episodes ago, maybe last last episode. Like the paradox of like of constitution, or like at what arbitrary line do we do we say it's immoral to have this amount of money? Mm. So that's funny. I have a progressive tax rate from the 1950s on here. And so, I, like, back then, um, I don't have, like, the, I think it was, like, you know, 70% or something like that. So basically, you know, the the CEO of a corporation may maybe 15 times more, you know, at max. Um, but even Aristotle says that, where it's like, you know, the richest man shouldn't be more than, you know, three times richer, richer than the poor, than the poorest man. So it's like to have that, to have that like type of income inequality is just a clear sign of, of fucked up priorities and like how, you know, how this whole idea that like the market. So, like, this we can go into, like, neoliberalism, like Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan shit in the 80s. But that's really, like, before this, you know, yeah, you had millionaires and shit like that or whatever. And it was obviously, you know, wealth inequality um, throughout the history of <laughs> civilized or organized society. Yeah. So, um, and I, and I'm still not a believer that that is just you know that that has to be a fact you know but that's something else but anyway um but in the 80s with with thatcher and reagan uh what they did was that they shifted everything to the private sector so you deregulate you deregulate the government uh sanctions and shit and uh you know everything on what you know on capital basically so deregulate wall street deregulate you know the health um, healthcare sector and everything to where you can privatize and you allow cats to monopolize like this. Like if cats who are already rich say deregulate shit so we can buy up more shit and consolidate more power. I mean, it's obvious. Like, I guess I just wonder why nowadays, um, the billionaires, the Jeff Bezoses of the world don't come under more scrutiny, even from the the conservative types. Because I mean, it was huge headline news that Amazon paid zero dollars in in taxes last year or whatever. So it's like, who stands to gain from allowing Amazon and Facebook to just go crazy out in these streets and like really be doing way more damage than they are good? Mm-hmm. So, like, why, 
I guess why is there? I, I mean, I guess like you know, cats like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are like, this is sort of the torch they're trying to mm-hmm. trying to carry. Like we need more accountability and stuff. But I think for the most part, it's it's just sort of an accepted part of American life. Like yeah, we have you're allowed you're allowed to go crazy out here. <laughs> right. And but but I think and right. I just wonder like why. It's culture. Yeah. No, like seriously, like it's so again, like if you're if we're talking about like I forgot what what is that, the silent generation, the generation before the baby boomers or whatever. Um whatever the World War Two generation, like, you know, fucking with FDR and shit like that. Like you're talking about like a you know, FDR who was a wealthy, you know, American aristocrat basically mm-hmm. who put in place like a massively progressive tax rate like he's like we capping all this shit because if the people you know if the people um and he i think he i think he was the one who said like he saved capitalism um by you know implementing those measures or whatever but it is like if you have this type of like income inequality like cats Cats are literally in an echo chamber because the billionaires have consolidated everything around them. Like, think about the media. It's six corporations own damn near all the media companies. So when you're watching the news, like Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Do you think the Washington Post is going to be critical of Amazon's, you know, business dealings? Of course not. Like, you know, CNN, like CNN, Fox Business and all that. Like, are these cats going to really be like... You know what? This capitalism shit is getting out of control. Like, right. no, they're they're mouthpieces for the people who fund them. Yeah. Or the who's the billionaire class? And it's just, it just seems like the market. And let me say again, I have no idea what I, the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to <laughs> mm-hmm. any kind of like economic theory, any of that shit. I barely know how to do my taxes. I'm I'm a wreck with this shit. But it just seems so arbitrary to or it just seems so like just blind like to blindly follow the market and let the market dictate what should or should not be seems seems crazy to me. Like the fact that the market values certain work at like damn near next to zero, especially right. compared like I mean what teachers what the market values teaching at compared to what the market values like working in the financial sector at or like you know i mean any of that any of that shit it's like how are we just blindly following what the market says is valuable like shouldn't there be some other type of like this is what you were getting to when we were texting like meaning meaning making and Mm -hmm. like like where does value come from and right now it just seems like like, I don't blame the cats who are like, yeah, I'm going to go work in finance for 10 years. and my, I'm not going to have any life. I'm not going to do anything else except eat, sleep, and work. But I'm going to make mad money because that's what that, – That's the logic. Everything yeah. is pointing me to – why, why wouldn't I do that? Right. So it's like I can't blame these cats that are like trying to – you know, that are going to work for hedge funds or like going to working in banking and shit. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, if you have the privilege and opportunity to, to be in a position to get one of those jobs, like fucking go do it because, you know, it takes a very, 
dedicated and dedicated type of person to be like all I want to do is just make the world a better place so I'm going to go work at a public school in the Bronx and get paid $40,000 a year for, mm-hmm. for 35 years so I can hopefully get a pension one day right. it's like you know like why does that have to be the logic I guess is, right. is my question and maybe that's a question for like an economist to, to fucking no, answer I mean I, I think we can answer that like <laughs> yeah I think we can answer that shit because I think it's like I said, it's it's all to do with like culture. Like what's what's the American dream? You know what I'm saying? Like we've we've made that shit it turned it into something perverse where it is like you wanna be a billionaire. You wanna make, you know, all this money and, and shit like that. And so you equate that with, you know, your pursuit of happiness. Right. And so yeah, like you talk about rap music, like cats are just Cats praise like more people praise Jay Z for being damn near a billionaire and a businessman than they do him, you know, being this prolific MC. Yeah, you know, like the logic and everything that we live in is like gearing us all toward this sort of acceptance of capital. You know, it's almost like biological in the U.S. Where it's like we don't question that shit, like money. Yeah, you want to get money like that. Money is like the end all. Right. Right. It's right. like that's just where where it all where any kind of like in critical inquiry just stops. It's right. Like money is the, the end right. all be all. And reason. so you and, and and so you aren't critical of what money does. Like, and it's so crazy too because people, even people who are like from impoverished environments, are like still, I want to get money so I can you know move and I want to get money so I can do this or do that whatever the fuck it is and it's just like if people were to really be critical of the fact that money is the reason why shit is the way it is is the reason why you're in you know why your neighborhood is impoverished the reason why you know uh medicine the fucking EpiPen is three you know four thousand dollars and shit like that you know because cats are like Oh, we've privatized everything. We can make a profit off of everything. Like, so based on that, yeah. Like, if you don't, and then that's the thing too. Is like, if you have money, like, wealth, wealth um, grows faster than the economy. So, like, if you're already wealthy, that money is growing at like, let's say. 4% 4% a year, whereas the economy grows at like 2.5% or some shit like that. So you doubling up hmm. every fucking year. Like Jeff Bezos, you know, in 2017 was probably like, you know, had $100 million and he's already pushing $200 million, yeah. you know, in just a couple years. And yeah, I think maybe like the way yeah, this conversation is headed, maybe we can like end on a note of just also like, the absurdity of like, what are you gonna if not give it all back and fix some shit? Then what? Hmm. Then what, Jeff Bezos? You can't take it with you, bro. Right. Like you like, and that's what's so cool to me about like a cat like Warren Buffett, where he's like, my kids aren't getting none of this shit, or like, the, I don't even think they're I don't even think they're getting anything. And I think he pledged. Mm-hmm. So I guess I have to like uh, withhold my praise until it actually <laughs> happens. Right. But you know. He, I think, pretty sure Warren Buffett and maybe a couple other. No, he's 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 really a hard ass when it comes to like he's not writing motherfuckers into his will and shit like no. that. And, and I think he pledged to give 
damn near all of his fortune away to charity when he dies. And so this is my thing. And the A.Q. Smith kind of brought this up, and this is always my sort of hang-up with, like, charity and philanthropy in the context of uh, this sort of wealth inequality is the fact that you can give money to charity, you can give it to nonprofits, and it's it still follows that trickle-down model, right, where here's this wealthy, you know, media magnet, you know, and he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna, when I die, I'm gonna give all of my money to, you know, X amount of charities and nonprofits and shit like that. And so then, I mean, I guess if you look at it, like, what's the end goal of that charity? Because a lot of that money is going toward whoever, you know, it's in, they, they call it the nonprofit industrial complex, right? Like, you have you know, all these administrative fees and cats who are like, like right, like you have cats who are making, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 a year being the executive director for a nonprofit to help kids and they aren't getting, you know, anything from what the fuck the shit is supposed to be about. So I think like if you're going to really be like, if you're really somebody who is in that position and seeing like what that type of consolidation of wealth is doing to just how it's rotting <laughs> the whole, you know, society. Um, I think if you make a pledge to do something, and I don't know what that is, but if you make a pledge to do something that goes at the system as we presently have that constructed, I think that's a bigger, you know, step than... Contribution. Yeah, than like just throwing shit to charity because it is it's like A.Q. Smith said like he brought up the Oscar Wilde quote where he was like you know the slave master who was nice was the worst was the worst kind because he you know basically created an environment where the slaves didn't feel like they had to question anything and so when you have people just like oh we have this thought in our mind that oh so and so is a philanthropist and you know whatever and so that sort of absolves you from you know, the fact that you're, you know, you having, you giving away a billion dollars a year to charity or whatever, but you're still a hundred billionaire. is still uber problematic yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. grand scheme. And so until you do something that like critiques the system that, you know, gave you that type of wealth. Cause I think the Disney chick, uh, uh heiress from Disney, she's like one who's like really about it and really is like, talking about wealth di uh, redistribution and shit like that so if you're somebody like that then i think you'll be on the right side of history <laughs> yeah 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 i think it's like in the absence of like effective alternatives mm -hmm. like i can't fault you know bill gates who's i don't even know the numbers on bill gates i like i the the rap on him is that he donates mad of his mm -hmm. money to charity but like the warren buffett who said he's going to donate damn near all of it or whatever it's like even if it is going into like the charity i don't fault it because yeah i guess there is no alternative at this moment well it is <laughs> you think the alternative is giving them like what you just said he's giving all his money away yeah but how you redistribute that how you read uh how you distribute that money though is like you know 
that's really what we're talking about. Like if right. you're if you're distributing that shit within another sort of you know bureaucratic you know of course industry, then yeah, that's that's gonna take away from the fact if you said fuck it, I have you know fifty billion dollars, and you said you know homelessness can be alleviated with twenty billion, right? right? Then put twenty billion dollars toward alleviating homelessness. Yeah. Let's build yeah. fucking houses. Let's you know get cat. You know For what sure. I'm saying? So, For sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely alternative. It's just the logic of the system as it's presently constituted yeah. disallows for Warren Buffett to do some shit like that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You just said it perfectly. And also, just like maybe final note, like Jeff Bezos donating two billion dollars is such bullshit. That's bullshit. Such bullshit. Yeah. Basically, I think fuck Jeff Bezos. Yeah, fuck Jeff Bezos, and the other like point oh one percenters. Fuck y'all too. Fuck Zuckerberg, bro. Yeah, Zuckerberg's a piece of shit. Oh d. The, the, that fucking what do they call it? A technocracy. That's what they're. That's what uh, the new word is, and that's fucking Zuckerberg is sitting at the head of that table. I'm good on that. On all that tech shit, <laughs> sound like such a fucking luddite. But I'm I'm good on it. How much did it fucking make the world better? And we've talked about this in I think a old old one, but like their policy of like move fast and break shit or whatever it was. It's like how about how about no, <laughs> <laughs> right? How about don't break shit? How right. about like you don't have to break shit? How about let's build? Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's a good spot to end. Thanks for mentioning. Um, yeah. Thank you.